the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network presents. Take a seat and buckle up, folks, because Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn are here to violate your ear holes with more indie wrestling, pop culture, and pee-pee humor than you could possibly mentally or emotionally prepare for. You're here for reviews, interviews, nonsense, and more nonsense. It's the IndieCast! Well, greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndieCast. This is officially the first IndieCast live we've ever done. How you doing, sir? Welcome. So, uh, and we are very much live. We are at ACW Proving Ground this week, uh, and uh, I, we wanted to try something different. Uh, so we pulled over uh, with us today probably one of the, starting to become one of the, the hot names in, in Florida independent wrestling. Um, made a huge debut in Punk Pro. I definitely want to talk about that. Uh, definitely showed up in ACW. Has a big match coming up at Nerd Street Pro, which I know we're going to be really excited about that one. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have the Compact Cannonball with us today. Dick Danger is with us finally. Dick, welcome to the IndyCast Live, the first one. Yeah, Chad, thank you so much for having me out. It's an exciting, uh, exciting thing to be part of. I know, so we'll see how this goes. So now the first thing we usually do for every type of IndyCast is we do what we call the lightning round. Five kind of quick questions. Most of it gets kind of dumb podcast questions out of the way. Um, but then we'll throw a couple dumb, of interesting ones in for the fun of it. So uh, question one for one we always ask, uh, who trained you and when did you debut officially? Uh, I've been training at the Lethal Academy with Jay Lethal. Uh, and I had my debut uh, just this past February, actually, uh, with uh, Punk Pro. So this past February, so now, mind you, it is... Uh it is heading into the middle of April right now. That's You right. debuted in February. I'm definitely going to want to talk a little bit about kind of your, your first few couple debuts in just a second. But, sure. Uh, lightning round question two. Uh, what is your first wrestling memory? My first wrestling memory, uh, truthfully, I was over at a buddy's place and uh, he had a new video game. Uh, it, was, it was one of the old school, uh, I think it was a WCW uh, Nitro video I love how you're, like you're going to say old school and then pick a game that came out like eight years ago <laughs> to make me feel old as shit. Because, like, my first game was, like, Nintendo Pro Wrestling, which was from, like, the 80s. So, but, but yeah, continue anyway, though. No, it was uh, one of the 16-bit wrestling games. And okay, I got over there, and I, and I thought it was just a cool, oh, this cool will beat him up. It's like, no, 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 no. Okay. And after that, it was just, just hooked. Very cool. Uh, so, question three. Evil Knievel, Snake Canyon Jump. Fonzie, Jumping a Shark on Skis. Which stunt is better? Oof. Uh, as much as I love all the work that Evil Knievel did, you had to go for the shark jump. Shark jump. With a very close second place being uh, Homer Simpson trying to jump over the Springfield Gorge. Good reference. Not quite making too. it, though. I did not think about that reference, and I'm mad at myself that I did when I wrote <laughs> that question. Um, question four. What is the best motorcycle riding music? You are obviously Dick Danger, stuntman extraordinaire. So... Ooh, uh, good motorcycle music. Uh, I'm big on uh, NPR, All Things Considered. Uh, it's a nice juxtaposition to all the noise and madness that's around you. Uh, <laughs> I would have never pulled All Things Considered. Okay. Or on the other end of the spectrum, I guess, you can't go wrong with someone like Motley Crue. There we go. Just uh, kicks on my heart on repeat nice. the entire trip. <laughs> now, uh, question five, and this is a big one. This is my my wife's most important question when she hosting the show. Yep. And one that will get you kicked out of her house if not answered correctly. Uh-oh. Uh, Marvel or DC and why? I'm a DC guy. What? Oh, uh, Shelly will kick you out, just to warn you. I, you if know, you, that's If you fair. come to IndyCast headquarters, you're going to have to explain yourself. I, I, why DC, though? I think Marvel has the upper hand for big-budget cinema and right. theaters. DC has a beat when it comes to, like, straight-to-video animated features. Yeah. 
Uh, but as much as Marvel's got going for it, I think character-wise, you cannot beat Batman Superman. The two top-tier heroes out there. Uh, and I'm a big sucker for uh, for Plastic Man. Plastic Man? Why Plastic Man? Okay. He, he is the goofiest character because he just... He turns into a lawnmower, right. or he turns into any weird functional thing that suits that moment. Uh, I, I love it. I love the goofy stuff. Okay. Well, and then I can I can see that. So now, tell me a little bit about what made you decide one day to wake up and go. I'm going to wrestling school and Jay Lee, and ultimately Jay Lethal Academy, which is the, the Lethal Academy, at least for this area of Florida, is definitely the way to go. So I think you've chosen chosen wisely. But kind of what made you? Where was the moment where you said I have to do this? Absolutely. Um, so you know, without saying you know, I'm repeating what you already touched on. Lethal Academy was an easy choice when it finally came down to right. picking where I was going to train. Uh, don't guys speak to the accolades, Jay Lethal. Uh, but it, when you have someone like that, and you can watch. The ring, and you can see their expertise that bodes well for you for what you're kind of working up towards. But as far as what actually got me started, I mean, I've been a wrestling fan since I was a little kid, and that feeling never went away. So that transformed into being a fan of pro wrestling, being a fan of comic books and superheroes, action flicks, and storytelling. Uh, and after so many years, I was uh, I was coming out to an indie show, and uh, I found myself come more and more regularly. And it kind of got to that question of, well, why not? You know, kind of a uh, do it or get off the pot kind of moment, right. so to speak. And uh, it really was a jump right in. What, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> you know, other than, you know, living with that regret of not taking your shot. Right. So now, since you've taken that shot, obviously, um, we've seen you on uh, Tampa Bay Pro, which is the company that's obviously dealt through Jay Lethal's school. Yep. Um, where you made I, what I thought was a very a very fun debut, at least for the one that I got to see as your debut, which was this weird situation where one of the uh, tag teams, the Midnight Tribe, were calling any team out that wanted to come out in the back. <laughs> and you were part of that last team to come out, that third team to kind of come out, and ultimately you got the surprise, kind of the surprise win out of all of yep. them. The part that I remember most about that, though, is you had a room full of people that had no idea who the hell you were. It's not like you had debuted before, and the second you walked out, it was amazing how quickly the place went crazy for you. <laughs> so how, how did that first kind of reaction reaction feel when you're... You've never been out in front of an audience, as far as I know before, unless sure. it was a show I missed. Um, so how did that first reaction feel for you when you came out at the Tampa Bay program? Um, since that match, I've had the opportunity to perform uh, in a couple different areas and different venues. Uh, but truthfully, that that rush when you get in front of people, it just never gets old. Uh, that energy that surges through you when you see the people out there and you see the smiles for people that are there for the right reasons, it just... It fires you up, uh, and, and I think a lot of guys are there to to prove something about themselves, about being the toughest or being the best. Uh, but I think the people that tend to be the most successful in this business, and why I feel like I've been able to hit the ground running, I have, is because the people that love it, the people that just don't try to go in there and be the big guy. It's the people that go in there and do it because they love it, right. and they have that passion for it. Whether there's two people in the crowd or two hundred people in the crowd. Right. I think people tend to gravitate towards that kind of feeling. Right. Now, obviously, you're, you're definitely never, no one will ever confuse you for being the biggest man in the ring. Not um, yet. Not yet. If, I don't know what show you're on that you've been the biggest man in the ring yet, but if you <laughs> find it, let me know. Um, I'd be interested to see that show, too. Um, 
But the, the thing that I think gets everybody for you is definitely, like you said, you can tell that you love it, but you, you when you come out, you have such a such a look and such a character that people immediately gravitate to. Tell us a little bit about, and here's, we're going to go really inside baseball in this one, but sure. at some point you weren't you, you weren't necessarily born Dick Danger. What? Tell, tell me a little bit about what brought you to the, the persona. I'm, I'm always interested in like how you came up with it. What made you decide I want to be like evil can evil too? So yeah, uh, I mean I have no disillusions of how big I am. Uh, I am a growing boy, but I'm pretty sure I'm on the tail end of the growing part. Uh, so kind of coming into the business, I knew that. I was not going to be the biggest guy in that ring. I knew that if I was going to win matches, it wasn't going to be because I was going to outpower my opponents. Uh, You have to dig deep to pull out each of those wins. When I'm stepping in the ring and the guy across me literally has a hundred or more pounds on me. If I'm going to win, it's not because I'm I'm out-muscling It's the heart that's going to get you through it. It's showing everyone that you are you're digging so deep that there's nothing that can stop you. Uh, so when I had that feeling of that's what you have to build the foundation of your character on, what kind of real life equivalents can you relate that to? Uh, and one of the things that came to mind uh, were some of the greats like Evil Knievel. Uh, anyone can operate a motorcycle. But I would be hard-pressed to find anyone that's going to get on that same motorcycle and throw himself over a canyon or throw himself over 15 or however many buses. Right. You have to dig deep and you have to commit 100% to getting in there and doing that stunt. So building off of that kind of feeling, it just felt like a natural progression of who this character was going to be. It was going to be someone that knew how to dig deep because he has experience digging deep in other areas. Now, how much of that is... You coming up with that? How much of it is outside influence? Like, I don't know how much of that. Like, for at the school, do they do they work with you at all on that? So, you know, how do the pieces kind of come together from there? Yeah. Uh, so, with the Lethal Academy, they did an excellent job of getting us trained to the spot where we weren't going to be a danger to ourselves or be a danger to others. Uh, and for me, that that was always. From day one, my number one priority was safety. Right. If you're if you're not going to be safe, then there's there's no point to it. Right. Uh, no one wants to see anyone you know get hurt and get stopped in their career before they can even you know hit their dreams. Right. Uh, so on the technical end, they did an exceptional job getting us where we need to be, not just to be safe, but to be good, to be crisp, to be clean, to be disciplined. Not just backyard wrestling. They wanted us to be real, true professionals. Right. Uh, when it came to working character and getting comfortable in front of the crowd and your and your talking skills, uh, they have fundamentals that I think that you could attribute to any life performer. But when it came to your specific character, I think they recognize that that's got to come from the individual wrestler. Right. Uh, you have to bring something to the table that they can then help mold and develop. Uh, so I was very lucky in the sense that with the Lethal Academy, they did an awesome job with my in-ring skills and laying the foundation for some character work. And I had a, a lot of friends who love wrestling and love the gimmick. So anytime wrestling gets brought up, everyone just lights up because you get to create a new character. Right. You get to create this brand new person. So it, it's just an exciting part. And it's still to this day. So now let's talk about... Um, that Punk Pro debut. Yeah. Um, I was there for that show. Obviously, I was. I got to be front of the house. And uh, on my side, but I don't know if you heard us talk about the show afterwards. 
but Shelly and I are up front here, and as people are walking in to buy tickets, we're noticing more and more red shirts coming in <laughs> that may or may not have a Dick Danger logo, which, by the way, you can buy on fullygimmick.com. That is fullygimmick.com. Um, so, so obviously, you you had quite the quite the crowd that was going to come in and show up for that show. Um, I'm sure family, friends, the whole kind of random people that uh, they, we forced into Dick Danger shirts. I don't know what the whole rundown was, but what was what was it like, kind of looking out there even before the show and seeing the type of crowd you had kind of created for this for this opening match? Uh, I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. I didn't look at the crowd until I stepped out of the curtain. Okay. I knew I was going to have supporters there, uh, which was exciting. Uh, but I knew that first and foremost, my number one job was was the show. Because you know, without without that, all this is for nothing. Right. Uh, I, of course, the support of friends and family is fantastic. But on my end, you can't go out and put out a lackluster product. You know, after all that hype, you got to put forward something that's just going to knock socks off. So, yeah. really stepping through that curtain, that's that's kind of when it all started to sink in and started to hit. And now, you put on a great match, by the way, and you were fighting you. A, a former a former guest of ours, uh, slowly becoming a friend of the IndyCast and one uh, technical alchemist, David Mercury. Yeah. Um, the, the, the first person that my daughter ever cosplayed as, so that's... <laughs> To give you an idea of how David Mercury gets in your house, what was it? What was it like wrestling David Mercury? And I, I, I know it wasn't a secret we talked about it on the show that he also works at the Lethal Academy. So he's getting to see you from like day one till that matchup. What tell us a little bit of the build up? What's like working with, with David? For sure. Um, so. Like you mentioned, I, I've had the opportunity uh, to work with them uh, numerous occasions, uh, but more so in a classroom setting. Right. Um, and with that, it provided an opportunity for him to see where my strengths were at. So already going into the planning process of a match that night, we're already coming out the gate ahead of the game because he knows what my limitations are. He knows what I excel at. So we're already starting to paint the picture in our heads because I'm excited because I've seen him work before and I know what he can do. So I feel like both of us played off each other really well because we knew what our potential was. Um, But more than anything, the thing that really stuck with me uh, more than anything else was we have our match now we're getting ready to go out we know we're at the card and the last words that he says to me before he makes his entrance in have fun they're nice there we go uh, because I'm glad it wasn't like your dad because that was funny. no no you know <laughs> more like don't mess it up uh, but really it it got to su- uh, such a point where you practice as much as you can you're not going to memorize it anymore it's just right. a matter of going out there and doing it right uh, and you're only going to have this opportunity once. You're gonna, you're only going to have your first shot right. once. Right. Uh, so I think it was really important to be able to soak it all in, uh, and like you said, just have fun with it. Which, right. in my personal opinion, totally accomplished. Right. So now um, that match has been very interesting because after that match, I've noticed that you are starting to really blow up all over the yeah. place. And that's, <laughs> So, like, obviously, you're, we're here at ACW Proving Ground. You fought today, won your match tonight um, against one of the guys from Anarchy. So, great match on that one there. Um, I was a little scared because that wasn't originally what they announced as your match. No. So, it was good to see. Maybe you didn't have to deal with 
uh, Romeo Cavedo, who's a little scary. But the, uh, the, the word I choose is not yet. Not yeah, yet. Not yet. So, so. But um, I know in May we've got the next big one that I saw was Nerd Street, and you've already got your first title match up here. Now, mind you, it's a four-way dance, but still, it's a, it's a title match nonetheless for, the, for a, a title that's very important to us. Uh, it's yourself. Uh, it's obviously the internet wrestling, uh, wrestling nerds internet champion Drennan. The Jamie Senegal. Jamie, okay. And, uh, and then Leon Scott. And that's where it gets really ugly, Leon Scott. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, I have not had the pleasure of working with either of those two yet. Um, but I have seen them live. Yes. So, in a way, I've been able to scope them out to a certain extent. And what's exciting with this whole prospect is that we are all very different shapes, styles, Yes. I'm excited because it's one of those I, I don't even know where to begin considering. Uh, Leon Scott, I'm, I think I looked him up. He's like 8 feet 7 inches or something yes, like that. He's about 9 feet tall the man, about 600 pounds. The man is a monster. Uh, so I'm hoping uh, that he can just pick me up at some point and just throw me like a baseball. Uh, that is the dream. <laughs> I love the fact that, by the way, you're, you're requesting that Leon Scott... <laughs> pick you up and throw you like a baby. That's accurate. That's accurate. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so maybe you have taken too many shots to the head. Um, For those of you wondering, that is co-host Jack Romero in the background announcing uh, the ACW show. So uh, just if you want proof that we're live and wonder why Zach isn't on the show, because he's working. <laughs> but, um, <coughs> so who are you of those three? Is, do you think Leon Scott's the person you're most interested in working with or just... Hey, anybody that I can work with in that is a bonus for me. You know, uh, like I mentioned earlier, most matches that I'll find myself in, I'm probably going to be the smaller guy in that ring. Right. So as, as interested as I am as to work with him, uh, I'm particularly interested to work with James Senegal. Okay. Uh, I think that stylistically it's so different right. than what I've had the opportunity to work with. Uh, I think that it tells such an interesting story when you get out of your comfort zone and you can work with someone that you just have no clue what you're going to step into it and you're right. just working on it on the fly. Um, yeah. Now, I'm very interested. Um, if you win the title, obviously there is a chance that you can win. If, you know, it's a, you got a 25% chance just like everybody else does in that match. Sounds right. Um, uh, I don't know if you've ever noticed the internet wrestling title has its own presence on Twitter. Uh, and talks about the different places that, that it, he's been kept. He or she, it has been kept. I don't know what pronoun it likes to use. Um, but uh, Effie kept it in the backseat of his, in the trunk of his car, apparently. Um, uh, Izzy, when she had it, I believe was keeping it uh, in her room near her wrestling figures. Um, I believe Drennan keeps it in an old drum that he doesn't use anymore. Um, so wh where do you think you're going to end up if you win it? Where's the belt going? Oh, where, do you, where, where, where can it expect to be its home? Wow. Um, you know, I hadn't considered it until you said it. Uh, and that's why we have the question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess if I had to pick a spot. Um, well, I've got a spot at home where I keep my helmet. Uh, and I feel like it'd only be fitting to keep the belt with the helmet. Yeah. 
Um, so I feel like just uh, finding it a, its own little nook within the upside down helm and just have it live inside of there. Live it inside the helm? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so we'll have to get a picture if that happens and we need to get a picture of the upside down helmet with the belt living in it. Absolutely. That will make the belt very happy. Uh, she's very. Uh, if, and if you get a chance to do hold the belt, uh, and then if you can introduce the belt to Aspen Rose, I don't know if you've seen any of that. Uh, the belt is in love with Aspen Rose, the Midnight Mermaid. So if you can make that hook up, the belt would thoroughly thank you. I'm sure. Uh, I, I will. I will do my best should awesome. the opportunity arise. Perfect. Um, so now, where do, where do you think? Where do you kind of see yourself? I mean, I, again, it's been just a few months that you've really been out there now. Yeah. Where do you see your kind of where do you see yourself going from here? I mean, obviously WWE, and we'll go to the main big time stuff. But just like short term for 2019, where do you where do you think you want to see yourself? Um, well, I've been pretty lucky so far with uh, how fast I've been able to hit the ground here within the Tampa Bay area, um, which has been more than I could have expected within my first uh, couple months after making the debut. Um, but for me, I think I, I want to be able to travel. Uh, right. So you know, do the drives, as Bob Evans likes to say. That, that's exactly it. You know, you hear about it when you're first starting to get trained. Uh, you know, about all the vets we're talking about. You know, making the drives and. Getting in the car, not knowing if you're booked on a show, but you're showing up anyway. Uh, I think that kind of lifestyle, it, it it's crazy, but that it just sounds, you know, without being cheap, that sounds just magical. Like, it's this idea that you're driving out there and you've got nothing to depend on but literally your own name. Right. Your own name, your talent, people look at you and, and want to put you in that match or not. And you, you live or die by what you're bringing every night. Right. So the idea that I could take that, you know, to Georgia, to Alabama, keep working my further north, uh, pipe dream, I love to wake my way up to Philly, uh, you know, home of Chikara and, there you, you know, go. make my way over there because... Is Chikara like the, the kind of the dream independent company right now or what, what's your, if you have a choice, like I, I say all that, the indies are open, where do you want, where do you want to go? Where's the dream shot? Not, uh, not trying to jinx myself, but out of the brands that I've seen, I, I, I would be over the moon to even be a part of a Chikara show. Uh, just the way that they entertain uh, and, and the color that they bring to it, it it's the entertainment value for me. Uh, it just it, it puts me through the roof. I, I mark out every time. I watch it, and I have to watch matches twice. And as much as I want to study it, I'm stuck watching it as a fan every single time. I, I eat it up. Then let me ask you this: Chikara calls. They're having you. They're flying you up to Philly. So you're getting your chance, uh, and they say, "Hey, the roster is open for you. Who's, who's the person you want to pick if you have a chance at, at their current roster? Who would you like to? Who'd you like Holy to?" Holy crap! Because um, we'll make this a challenge right now. I'll throw it. When we hype this episode, I'll throw that shit right up. Hey, um, by the way, blank. We've called you out. Yeah. Wow. Um. Oof. Okay. Uh, can I say the uh, the snake god? You sure can. Oh, hell yeah. That'd be incredible. Because it, it, it's such a dynamic picture. And, and I think that's what intrigues me most about wrestling is that you see people who are just so diametric, diametrically opposite on face value. And you just don't know what to expect. Right. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to you know knock anyone else. Um, but, you know, I, I think the more just that people can view you as you're coming in, yes. you're hooking their attention. So seeing someone, you know, like a video, it, it just... You're 
you're just you're, you're hooked. Right. And so for someone like him versus red, white, and blue all over, right. you don't know what you're going to expect. So right. yeah, that that would uh, that blow my socks off. Very nice. So now um, we have three questions we tend to ask everybody at the end of the episode. Here. Okay. Uh, question one is what we call the Trevin Adams Memorial question from uh, WWN. Uh, so it's late at night. You really aren't there doing the drives yet, but let's say you are currently. Uh, you've got a rumbly and your tumbly as you're driving back home. Uh, and you're pulling over to get something to eat. Uh, it's 2 in the morning. And you see this beautiful, shining beacon in front of you right now. Is that beacon, is that sign for a sheet or a wallet? See, and the fact that you asked me which one and what was the first one, I already am afraid of this answer. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Wawa by default, not knowing what a Sheets is. Yeah. Okay. I was afraid. Sheets is mostly up north, so when you when you finally get booked at your car, you're going to go to a Sheets, and you'll see why I absolutely think it's the best in the world. Uh, yeah, I'll say, uh, say Wawa, Symptopia, $2 Sheets, not a sponsor. Um, yeah. So, um, question two, this one's a little bit of a darker one here. Um, in the lovely sport that we call independent professional wrestling, we lose a lot of talent early. We'll ask Avery Taylor this question too in a minute if she wants to answer it. Because she just walked up randomly into the Indicap. So, when you're done, Absolutely. No. But uh, we lose a lot of talent early. Yeah. So, um, with that being said, if you can uh, work with any wrestler that's no longer with us, who would that wrestler be and why? Um... Can I cheat and say two people? You sure can. Alright, so I would say the first one, uh, which I'm sure a lot of people could agree with, uh, would be Macho Man. Uh, he was just one of those guys that, like I was mentioning before, as soon as he steps on there, he was just oozing with charisma. Right. Uh, you were instantly intrigued. And then to boot, when he got in the ring, he was a hell of a worker. Yeah. It just just blow your socks off so from a from a working standpoint i would say macho man uh, but i would love to sit down and talk with crash holly crash holly what now why crash holly um crash like myself was a smaller guy yeah um and i don't think that anyone was you know and i don't want to speak for the man but i can't imagine that crash ever thought that he was going to be you know the undisputed champ at any point. Right. But he knew how to tell a story. Right. Um, so I think being able to talk with someone who had such a successful career being the small man in the ring for so long, it never got tired. Right. Uh, he kept finding ways to make you believe that he was going to win, and he did. Uh, so I, as a smaller worker myself, it, I think it'd be really great to be able to talk to someone who built his career out of finding new ways to innovate and stay on top. Uh, now, question two. This is a big one for everybody here. Um, we here at the IndyCast believe that all animals in nature have certain traits that help with their survival. Giraffes have the long neck, rhinos have the big horns, etc., etc. Okay. We believe that the human's trait is the ability to use tools. So, with that being said, Combat Cannibal, Dick Danger, if you could fight any animal, what animal would it be, and what weapon would you use? You, I feel like you've heard this question before. Uh, I, I love its pieces. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, I'm going to set up more of a stipulation, so I would say that me and a baboon. Okay. But 
Okay. We are both kicked out of an airplane. Nice. And there's only one parachute. Nice. So I feel like I would have the ability to get my bearings. Right. Make my way towards the parachute. But a baboon. And so the par- would the parachute be the weapon, or just the fact that like the plane would be the weapon because you're falling? Dude? I would say the danger of falling and smashing <laughs> to make, the ground. That would make sense. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, you can get towards the parachute, but close to get to that parachute. Yeah, that baboon's getting a little closer, too. There you go. So now, um, this is the part that we uh, lovingly refer to, and one Mr. Brian Cage has given us permission to call, and I'm going to curse in front of a small child who's here over here to my left right now, uh, called Get Your Shit In. Yeah. Uh, tell everybody, huh? Oh, yeah, I figured you probably have. So, uh, how old are you? Eleven. Oh, yeah, so you've, you've heard all that. Good enough. Yeah, fucking, yeah, you can hear it all. Um, so, uh, it, so tell everybody where they can find your social media, where they can find your merchandise, etc., etc. Uh, the floor is yours. Oh, wonderful. Uh, you can find Dick Dacher merchandise at fullygimmick.com. Uh, got t-shirts and uh, promo picks up there as well. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at and Twitter. Uh, both of those are going to be at CC Dick Danger. So Compact that's Cannibal. Compact Cannibal Dick Danger. So it's just the letter C, the letter C, Dick Danger. Very nice. So, well, Dick, thank you for being the first attempt at an at a, uh, IndieCast Live. Hopefully the background noise won't be too crazy in this one. I can't wait to listen to it back and see what it sounds like from there. But uh, if not, if it is great... Excellent. If it's not, we'll have you back on, and we'll definitely do this again. Because we'd love to have you back on the show. So love it. Looking uh, forward to it. So uh, until next time, everybody. I am as always Chad Allen, uh, and here I'm going to have this kid just say deuces, deuces, as the kid says here with us, deuces. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on PowerSlam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Greetings, everybody. Chad Allen here from the IndieCast. Uh, Well, I guess, obviously, they're listening to the show. Uh, Here to talk to you about Phil Singer Games. Uh, I know you've probably heard us talk about it uh, before if you're a listener of the episode, but if you're not, Phil Singer Games for over 30 years has been the top wrestling card and dice role-playing style game that's on the market right now. An absolute blast to play uh, if you play the Champions of the Galaxy version, where you can pretend to be one of the many stars from the future and battle them out, to legends of uh, today from here on Earth with guys like Andre the Giant and the Road Warriors, or to the most recent independent up-and-comers. You can play any single one of them, or you can even play them against each other. It gives you the chance to have those dream matches you never thought you wanted to see until right this moment. And you can find out all about it on philsingergames.com. There are hundreds of wrestlers to choose from. Tell them the IndyCast sent you. Go to philsingergames.com. Just shove it in my face. I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are, we're touching wieners. Not touching wieners professionally. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Mom, save vagina.